Have you ever found yourself anxious if you have enough? Enough food, enough time, enough relationships? Maybe you have a scarcity of those things, or maybe you're lucky and you have an abundance of those things. In today's message, we're going to be exploring a story where Jesus took a scarcity of resources and made it into an abundance of resources, but it may not actually be what you think it's going to be. In fact, you should go read this story before you watch this message. You can find the story in Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. And after you read it, check out this message with our senior pastor, McGray DeVega. Let us pray. God, open our eyes to empathy, curiosity, humility, and the way of the cross, that we might be generous and compassionate toward others and ourselves. Amen. If you track back through the more significant and memorable moments of your life, you may realize that some of them occurred around a meal table. Maybe you can picture your childhood family dining table, who sat where, the times of day when you ate together, and even some of the memorable conversations you shared. We celebrate birthdays around tables. We make new friends around tables, close business deals around tables, and even nurture loving relationships around tables. Romantic dinners, engagement proposals, wedding receptions, and anniversaries. We might call those times moments of abundance, abundant love, joy, opportunities, and satisfaction, moments when Optimism felt full and overflowing into the future. But some of our hardest moments have happened around tables too. Like the times when we've shed tears or raised our voices or slammed our fists or sat speechless in the wake of bad news. Moments when we've sat with our bank accounts open next to an inexhaustible pile of bills or when we've sat alone wondering if anyone cares where we are or why we matter. We might call these moments moments of scarcity, when there doesn't seem to be enough love, forgiveness, resources, companionship, not enough hope. Whether in moments of abundance or scarcity, we've all had profound moments at the table that mark both the highs and lows of life. The Gospels are no stranger to the image of the table. In fact, some of the most impactful, most transformative stories of people's encounters with Jesus happened around tables and meals. So for the next six weeks, our Lenten journey will be guided by this central image in a worship series titled Meeting Jesus at the Table. It's a series inspired by a new book, which many of our small groups are studying along with this series. And if you'd like to sign up for this or any of a number of new Lenten small group offerings, you can go to our Next Steps page. Our series begins today in what is the most famous mealtime miracle in all the Gospels. Quite literally, the feeding of the multitude is the only miracle, aside from the resurrection, that is mentioned in all four Gospels. Mark's version in today's scripture reading follows essentially the same major plot points, Jesus and the disciples withdrew for some rest by hopping on a boat toward the other side of the lake. And by the time they reached the other side, word of Jesus' presence had gone viral, and thousands of people were on the other side of the lake to greet him. They came to hear him preach and teach and to be healed. 
And as the sun went down and the evening went dark, the disciples realized the humanitarian crisis unfolding before them. They were in the plains of Bethsaida, miles away from the nearest city, long past the hours when local vendors there would have sold them food, even if the disciples had the 20,000 some modern day dollars to feed a crowd that size. In other words, the disciples and this huge crowd were experiencing a moment of scarcity. And scarcity causes anxiety. And this is where you and I enter the story. You might picture yourself sitting there in the crowd that night because you too know what it is like to feel real scarcity. Maybe not of food, but of other necessities of life. Some of us are feeling a scarcity of forgiveness. You might imagine sitting next to you in this crowd is the person with whom your relationship has deteriorated far past what you think is reparable. There's so little trust left that you don't dare forgive each other because what they've done or what you have done to each other. Your capacity to forgive and trust feels so small right now, almost, almost as meager as a handful of loaves and fish. But what if you did what the disciples did and turned it over to Jesus? Imagine him honoring your willingness to give it one last shot and lifting it up to heaven and blessing it and breaking it and then giving it to you and to the person with whom you are fighting. In the heart of God and in the hands of Jesus, there is no scarcity. There is only abundance there is enough forgiveness to go around. Are you willing to take a chance on receiving that miracle? Well, maybe you're sitting in that crowd and your bread and fish symbolize the hopelessness you feel about your future or the loneliness you're experiencing. I mean, fill in the blank with what that paltry amount of bread and fish mean to you. There doesn't seem to be enough blank, enough options for employment, enough people who care, enough time to get my life in order, enough resources to pull it all together, enough close friends who check on me, enough purpose to give my life meaning. So imagine handing what little you have left over to Jesus, an act of courage if there ever was one. In the heart of God and in the hands of Jesus, there is no scarcity. There is only abundance, and there is enough hope to go around. Are you willing to take a chance on that miracle? As you picture yourself sitting there amid the crowds of Bethsaida, how about taking a moment to scan the other people around you? Because I bet you'll find that there are lots of other people who, just like you, are operating out of a mentality of scarcity. And that includes groups of people in the crowd who are at odds with each other or at odds with the injustices of the world. You see across the way a, a right-wing conservative next to a left-leaning liberal. They're not so much sitting next to each other as they are sitting with their backs turned to each other, arms folded and eyes cold. Somewhere else you overhear a heated conversation between two people about masks and vaccines and mandates. 
As the night grows longer and the hunger pains grow louder, there are angry voices about book bans and climate change and gun control and shooting down big balloons. You notice a black man who says he's afraid to go out alone at night in his own neighborhood. And the young gay teen who was nervous about going to school tomorrow. Or the woman who says she's been harmed by her church. Or the Palestinian and Israeli who are simply staring at each other, simmering with anger and mistrust of each other. In such a world hungry for peace and reconciliation, what if we could turn our bread and fish over to Jesus in the hopes that somehow we might recognize the common humanity and worth of every human being? As hard as it may be to turn over that fear and anger and trauma from the past, Lent invites us to just that kind of surrender and obedience so that we can allow every person to live into the fullness of their dignity and their worth. As Bishop Gregory Palmer of the West Ohio Conference has said, quote, if my self-worth comes at the expense of your self-worth, then I'm doing it wrong. Or in the words of a popular internet meme, equal rights for others does not mean fewer rights for you. You're thinking of slices of pie. So now picture this, picture all of these people, including ourselves, offering to Jesus all of our ideological division and our systems of injustice and our history of dehumanizing those different from us. And he takes it all into his hands and he lifts it up to heaven and he blesses it and breaks it and gives it back to us as more than enough more than enough mutual understanding and empathy and compassion and justice to go around. In the heart of God and in the hands of Jesus, there is no scarcity. There's only abundance. And there is enough peace with justice and embrace of human dignity to go around. Are you willing to take a chance on that miracle? There's a popular theory among biblical scholars of just how the miracle of feeding the multitude happened. It suggested that there were maybe two miracles here, not just that Jesus multiplied the bread and fish into more than what he started with, but that he also transformed the minds and hearts of people and convinced them to share with each other rather than to hoard. As people watched the abundance of God in full display and the disciples began dispensing basket after basket of food, the theory suggests that people became motivated to share out of their own private abundance. People suddenly began opening up their satchels to reveal the small bit of food that they had only brought for themselves. You know, a bit of leftover fruit here, some leftover meat and bread there, not on its own enough to feed thousands. But when they witnessed the abundance of God in full, glorious display, they shifted their mindset from scarcity to abundance and realized that when they shared of themselves and when they received together from the goodness of God, there was more than enough for everyone. Whatever we make of that commentary on the story, I, I do think there's some truth there. The great preacher and author Barbara Brown Taylor has said this about the miracle stories in the Gospels. Quote, miracles let us off the hook. 
They appeal to the part of us that is all too happy to let God feed the crowd, save the world, do it all. But in this story, God tells us out of God's own deep pain and sadness for the world, stop waiting for food to fall from the sky and share what you have. Stop waiting for a miracle and participate in one instead. I like that quote. As we start this Lenten journey, I invite you to be guided by this singular, certain, and unswerving truth. In the heart of God and in the hands of Jesus, there is no scarcity. There is only abundance. And there is enough forgiveness and hope and peace with justice and reconciliation and love to go around. Are you willing to take a chance on that miracle? And more importantly, are you willing to participate in that miracle for the sake of others? Let's pray. God, thank you for your power and your provision. Thank you that you are a God of abundance who is always able to provide more than we can ask or imagine. We offer to you our frail hands and our weak and heavy hearts. Receive our earnest desire to please you and multiply it into the grace, hope, and justice we all need to be the restored and beloved community you intend for us to be. Help us to participate in a miracle for the sake of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for watching this message. I hope you'll consider how you can apply it to your life and how maybe you can have an abundance of compassion and care towards other people in your life as well. If you wanna go deeper with this message, there are some reflection questions down below. You can also visit our Next Steps page to learn more about joining a small group, participating in our services throughout Lent, or joining us for Easter. We'd love to see you. Thanks so much. I'm Matt Hotha. We'll see you next time.